0: Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast exists to inspire and encourage your heart-centered leadership. Each week, I share interviews with some of the greatest heart-centered leaders in the world. And I hope that our time spent together helps you leave a heartprint where those around you are left better than yesterday. Please visit abty.co.uk if you would like us in your corner these interview sessions are brought to you by matt media online marketing an independent agency who specialize in content marketing helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience if you want to get your business seen through the power of social media head to mattmedia.online on episode 216 i am joined by larry levine best-selling author of selling from the heart And the co-host of the Selling from the Heart podcast. Larry is leading a revolution and a movement of authenticity, integrity and trust in the sales profession. Larry believes people would rather do business with a sales professional who sells from the heart as opposed to a sales rep who is an empty suit. On Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, you have come to hear from heart-centered leaders. This is an episode that is gonna help you see, hear, and understand what that looks like, what that sounds like, what that feels like in the sales profession. Head to sellingfromtheheart.net for all the information you need about Selling from the Heart. And here we go, episode 216 with Larry Levine.
1: Larry, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, Ryan. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I am super excited. You and, I, you.
0: Uh, you and I are built, cut from the same cloth. We're talking about heart. It's going to be a great conversation. It's going to be a blessing for everybody that's tuning in. But Except I, you again, have a whole heck of a lot more hair than I do. What's with oh, well, that? You got well, it going on, man. This was my protest. When Boris locked us down, obviously, he, he removed access to any barbers. And I, th- I thought, that's <laughs> it. In my mini protest against Boris, I'm not going to get my hair cut ever again.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, See, but I, I love it, your shirt. You got the blue heart going on. I got the red heart going on. We're kindred spirits, man. 100%. And I guess, is
0: there a point in your life where you sit back and go, well, I'm glad I'm not a pharmacist?
1: It, you know what? Yeah. I don't know what my life would have been if I was. Yeah. For the, totally for the different of people listening, Totally
0: right? different. Yeah. Well, I guess there was a point in your life where that was a dream of yours,
1: right? No, it it was. It's because uh, actually my very first, and I write, I just touch on it a little bit in the yeah. beginning of Selling from the Heart and you picked up on it, is that was my very first kind of real paying job in my youth was working in a pharmacy. So after school, I would just deliver um, prescription medicine to seniors that couldn't get out of their house. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, three, four hours after school. And I just started to observe, you know, the interactions with people in a pharmacy and I saw the pharmacist, I go, Hey, this is kind of cool. I think I could do this one of these days until I figured out me and chemistry just didn't get along very well.
0: <laughs> yeah. With um, when I meet someone that's so passionate about their work, there's a clear sense of why you do what you do it, like, throughout all of your work. And, and I think when I start to see that passion, I think of the root of the word passion back in its old times, which is the word suffering. And and I wonder whether there's a, a story of of suffering. Did you have to suffer in your early sales career? Did you suffer empty suits? Like,
1: what was it that brought the passion out of you? Oh, wow. It's a, well, you want to get deep really fast on this one? That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Uh-huh. No, no, it that's good. I mean, and it's great that you brought this up because I don't think that when we're growing up, you wake up one day and say, you know what? I can't wait to get into sales. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I think for vast majority of people, it's something they fall into. Yeah. Or somebody talks them into it or they say, Hey, hey, you got the gift of gab. I think you'd be great in sales. Yeah. And we, and we kind of just say, okay, we'll give it a shot. Well, for those who, you know, who've read Selling from the Heart, you know, early on, I wanted to be a pharmacist and that just didn't work out. So I said, well, the next best thing is maybe I'll just become a pharmaceutical sales rep and mm-hmm. just flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any sales experience. So I got my college degrees in health science and marketing. And from there, I found myself going, okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. I had to get some experience. So I found myself in probably the most competitive, highly dysfunctional, most highly commoditized sales industry you could possibly find yourself in. And that was the photocopier channel. And that's how I started my whole sales career. Yeah. And what I learned early on was this, and this is the, this is to the suffering point, Ryan, that that you were bringing up is, I learned very early on that um, perceptions reality, mm-hmm. and I had a keen sense of my awareness around my sales bullpen, mm-hmm. and the first six months of my sales career was absolutely horrible. In fact, the first year of my sales career was absolutely horrible. Worst experience I ever had, but it taught me a lot. It mm-hmm. taught me a lot about myself and it taught me a lot about what not to do. And I'll, and what I mean by this is, and I think any salesperson out there can really relate to this early. And I mean, very early on in their career when they haven't uncovered who they really are, mm-hmm. they try to mirror and mimic somebody else. Mm. They look to the successful people in the company. They look to the successful salespeople in the company and they, and they, they may even ask them or they may observe what's making them tick. Mm. What's making them bring in successful sales week in and week out, month in, month out, quarter in, quarter, you know, over Mm. and year Mm. in, year over. And I did that. And for the first six months, I goose egged it. I didn't sell a thing. And I was going through all kinds of pain and I was going through, is this really what sales is all about? And am I even cut out for this? It wore on me. Mm -hmm. It really wore on me. And I remember uh, going, there has to be a better way. And it took me literally six months, Ryan, to make my first sale. Mm -hmm. And when I made my first sale, and I don't know why I did this. I was, I'm just a very inquisitive person. Mm -hmm. But what got me through the pain and suffering of month in and month out of throwing zeros up there is discipline. And that's mm-hmm. just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I was raised by a highly relational mother and a rocket scientist for a father, an aeronautical engineer mm-hmm. who studied liquid jet propulsion <laughs> and who was just super, super smart. Mm-hmm. But what wore off on me was planning, practice, and preparation. Mm-hmm. It's the discipline that I had to do homework every single day. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing all of this because that was my light bulb moment is the way I'm going to plow through this is I'm going to bring high relationships and discipline to the forefront. And right then when I made my first sale, light bulb clicks, the light bulb just clicked in my head. And I remember this vividly. And this goes back to the late 80s mm-hmm. I asked the person who bought the very first copier from me. Why did you buy from me? Hmm. I'm just very curious. Cool. Why did hmm. you buy from me? And please don't tell me that you felt sorry for me because you knew it was my <laughs> first sale and I was super right. excited about it. Yeah. Please just share with me. Why did you buy this copier from me? And the person said this. You did something completely different than all the other people we were speaking to. And I said, well, what would that be? Mm. You actually showed that you cared. Yeah, come on. You actually showed you cared. You listened to us. You didn't make it about you, your company, the copier. Now, people, I'm in my early 20s when I'm asking this and it just clicked, I don't know why it's just something that came over me. And I thought I would just ask Mm -hmm. that helped me get over my pain and suffering that actually launched me Mm -hmm. into then asking people all the time. Why did you buy from me? What was it that Mm -hmm. made you buy from me Mm -hmm. now that you got to set your fear and ego aside because sometimes you're going to hear things you may not want to hear. And sometimes you're going to hear some things that are actually going to help you get to the next level. That's what that's what really helped me get through my pain and suffering early on is I said, I can't mirror and mimic everybody. I just can't do it. It wasn't me. Yeah, I was observing things that just, I, I mean, my first year was just highly, highly toxic. Mm-hmm. And it's why I left after a year. But I think everyone can relate to this early on in their career. They're going to go through some pain and suffering. You really are. In fact, you're going to go through it your whole entire sales career. It's you got to be willing to acknowledge it, accept it, and then do something about it to change it.
0: Hey, friends, just wanted to take a moment to ask if you are a good man seeking growth and good men to grow with. Or maybe your partner's a good man and he's seeking good men to grow with. We are launching Akira our council of good men who are seeking to walk the path of wisdom with other good men. Akira launches in March. Now is the opportunity to become a founding member of Akira. It will be a low cost, high value place for men where they'll benefit from support, challenge, accountability, ideas and solutions. There'll be opportunity for connection and collaboration where you'll receive new insights and perspectives. You'll gain learning and growth it will improve your mental, spiritual and physical well-being and it will help you be a better leader in the home, in business and in life. It's Akira, a council of good men seeking to walk the path of wisdom with other good men. We hope to see you on the inside. See the show notes for the links abty.co.uk forward slash Akira. And here we go. Back to the interview. Yeah, that's powerful. I, my... um my early career, I spent 12 years in the UK Police Service and, you know, in, in the organizational development world. And, you know, I had a, a very, very good leader who had some very distinguished qualities. And it was and I was led to believe that I needed to be an example and a representation of those two. Um yeah. if I was to represent the department. And and I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this. This is not my skill set. This is not and I knew and I think I was fortunate enough to know that I brought value in a different kind of way. but i I definitely had that, oh, I'm not sure I can do this, that um this is not who I am. And I guess that brings us on to a topic of of authenticity. I think authenticity was always one of my um core values, this this having in alignment um an expression in the world of who I am. What it's down for having that alignment between inner and outer worlds, right? But maybe for people who haven't got that inner compass to to go with, and and sometimes do get along the tide of what maybe expectation would have people show up. How do people start coming to the world as an expression of their authenticity? Where do they start?
1: Uh, first of all. It, th- I I love that we're we're talking about this right now is because, you know, here we are, there's miles apart between you and I, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but there's so, there's so much alignment. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and just say, thank you. I mean, this has been long overdue, this conversation, so I'm super grateful for it. But to me, you know, here we are in 2023 and authenticity is probably one of the most overused words that are out there. Yep. Everyone's latching onto the authenticity train. Hey, I'm just being me. This is right. who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to question it. It might be exactly who you are, yep. but is it? Yeah. And um, I'm a big believer. Authenticity starts with congruency. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. why I use the subtitle in selling from the heart is how your authentic self sells you. You can't bring authenticity to the forefront. And I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm gonna preface this. I don't have a PhD in human behavior, psychology, any of this. I don't even have a master's degree in it. Mm-hmm. My PhD is from getting the you know what kicked out of me, selling copiers in Los Angeles and Southern California, <laughs> my whole entire career, yeah. and figuring out this long journey to heart and authenticity. Mm. It's been a roller coaster, and I know it's been one for you as well, Ryan. And I I bring this to the forefront because the best place to start is you have to draw a line in the sand at some point in time Mm. and say, I'm willing to go inward to really uncover who I am. Mm. That's if you really want to uncover your true authentic self. Otherwise, I believe it's just a mirror and a mask right and you may have great success doing things the way you're doing it yep but if you, if you go back in time and when i say you go back in time you go back to all the legendary people from you know 100 years ago 150 years ago in fact you can even go back even farther than that they talk about this stuff authenticity to me is a lifestyle it's not a light switch so the place that you start is accepting that in order to really uncover this, you got to dig deep. You got to mm-hmm. open the personal cupboard and find out what makes you tick, why you do the things you do, how you do the things you do, what you ultimately bring to the forefront. What are my core values? Mm-hmm. What words would I use to describe myself? Yeah. Be willing to ask people for feedback. Be willing to reflect upon it. hmm and just, you know, I use this word a lot. It's called chutzpah. It's a Yiddish word. It just, it's just pizzazz. It's like energy and it's all that. Mm-hmm. Is you got to bring that out in yourself. Mm-hmm. And the way you do this is to be able to open that door. You got to open that personal door and you got to be willing to go places. And these mm-hmm. places, who knows where they're going to take you. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this in bringing selling from the heart to the forefront, I've learned more about my authentic self in my 50s than my 20s, 30s, and 40s combined. Yeah, come on.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and I think, you know, there's that age old saying, I believe I'm saying it right. With age comes wisdom. And I'll flip this around I say, with age comes authenticity.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah. And and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes the the process isn't adding; it's actually taking away. It's taking away who I even thought I was, who I th- thought I should be, and unlearning a lot of stuff about the way of the world. And there's this well-known philosophical principle, you know, the be do have, and unless we get really clear on the B side of things, we we become human doings we become so focused and preoccupied on the things that we're doing in the world and then we go and get some success and we have things in line with that success but then but the risk then comes is we get to a a certain age where we look around and we go got the house the kids the wife the cars and the friendship circle and all of a sudden it just feels a little bit like i'm trapped (laughs) like in some way the life i've built is not a true representation of how i feel in my heart And I call that like the penguins of Madagascar moment, you know, in the film Madagascar where the penguins get there and they get to their destination and they go, Oh, well, this sucks. (laughs) And I think that's kind of the wisdom that age brings is our ability at that point to reflect and go, what does truly matter? Like, who am I? And I think anybody that's taking this journey in their twenties and thirties before life kicks
1: them up the ass, then you're already getting a head start. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's totally interesting. If I look back, if I look back in time, I I mean, if I go back to my 20s, and if I even go back to my 30s, I am nowhere near the person now that I was then. And I think that could be the that could be said for a lot of people. But what what's really interesting, and I'll just use the word shenanigans, (laughs) the shenanigans that, you know, you find the 20s and 30s, Yep. people doing, I can tell you what is not the same shenanigans they're going to be doing when they're 40 yeah. and 50. Yeah. But you know, when when it really comes to bringing your authentic self to the forefront and wearing your heart on your sleeve, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's a badge of honor. But for many in sales, right? And again, I'm if I can make this sales centric, because that's just the world that I grew up in. Yep. It's it's just not something that people openly speak about. Mm. They may inwardly think about it, but they don't outwardly speak about it because of the culture that's been developed for years and years and years in sales teams is, mm. hey, you know what? That's just not something we talk about, mm-hmm. right? How can I convert heart into profit and revenue, mm. Mm. right? Mm. And a a lot of people don't understand that in today's day and age, if you don't bring soft skills, however you want to refer to them, people skills, relational skills to the forefront, you're going to get left behind Mm. because hard skills will only get you so far, but soft skills will actually yield you hard dollars. You got to be willing to bring that to the forefront.
0: Hey friends, I just wanted to take a quick moment to introduce the new official sponsor of the always better than yesterday podcast, Matt Media Online Marketing. Map Media have been involved in the production of over 100 interview sessions. I highly recommend their services. Map Media Online Marketing are an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want your business seen through the power of social media, head to mapmedia.online. You can find the link in the show notes. And here we go. Back to the interview. Yeah. And I think it's this is where I use the word heartset, the soft skills, yeah. heartset. It's deeper than mindset. It's, it's before we get to the strategy. It's. I think the words you used at the very start were you care, like you showed that you care. and And I think that's where. That's where if we want authentic expression, we have to then do ourselves the service and our clients the service of finding out what we care about. If we can truly can connect with my values and the things I truly care about in the world and how I and the gifts and the skills and the talents that I have that were never meant for me. They were meant for those in the world who need them. That's why they're called gifts because we're to give them away then we can start to posture our heart on how that might be of service to others. And I know you talk passionately about being a servant leader. What does it mean to be a
1: a servant leader? Yeah, I I believe this in, in order to be a servant leader, you just have to give a rip. And I use the term just give a rip because that just encompasses a lot of, right. A lot of, uh, explicative words that we're not going to use on this podcast, but people can get, they get an idea to really to really serve somebody you have to be committed to lending a helping hand yeah and i it, here's what's re- here's what's really interesting about i'm going to I'm going to take this two different ways if you'll allow me to Ryan is yeah, yeah. i want to talk about the act of service and then to serve mm-hmm. and in in the sales channel that i came out of it was quite prevalent that this term would be used. We provide great service. Mm -hmm. We're here to be of service to you. And that's okay. But to me, service is a very reactionary way to look at things. You're going on the defensive all the time. An issue happens, you fix it. Customer has an issue, they call you, you fix it nothing wrong with that. There is the act of being of service. But if you want to bring proactiveness to the forefront, then flip it's on it, then flip everything on its head and go, I'm here to serve. Serve is to be proactive. It's going on the offensive. Instead of saying, hey, Ryan, I appreciate you allowing me to be of service to you over the last couple of years, flip it on its head because words and messaging matter. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, and then I'd say, Ryan, you know, over the last three years, I'm super grateful for the time that you've allowed me to serve you. Mm. I look forward to the next year and what the next year unfolds for us. But if you really, really, really want to know what it means to serve, you got to go lend a helping hand out in the community. You got to give of yourself if you really, really want to unpack what it means to serve. And I learned that a long, long time ago. You can't really learn how to serve if you never volunteer, if you never give back to your community, if you never volunteer at a community event for one of your clients. Mm -hmm. To me, there's a disconnect. There's so, so, so many people out there that say, I'm here to be of service. Are you really? I'm here to serve. Are you really? I devote every single week to serve my community and that's through my Kiwanis group. Mm-hmm. And it's a worldwide organization. I know you have them in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Is if you, that's where I really learned the power to serve. And when you can understand what it means to truly be a servant, your life will forever change. It'll change how you interact with people. It will change how you interact with your clients. It will change how you interact out into the marketplace. It's powerful stuff, but you gotta be willing to go there. You gotta be willing to lend that helping hand. And if you don't, then I'm gonna question everybody out there who says I'm here to serve or be of service. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. I've got this written down here around the, the bit in your book, which talks about your community service and how that can help you in your sales. And, you know, we are a community here at always better than yesterday. And there'd be many people here that are out there serving in the community, but have maybe a disconnect around how their ability to serve people translates to them being able to sell. And, and you and I got a friend in common in Bob Berg, And and um, I remember being around Bob when he, he took the root of the word sell sell which in, I think, Latin means to give. And I think, you know, we're all, anyone on the heart-centered leadership path understands what it means to give intuitively. And I think, you know, one of the things that i read in your book is, if you don't invest, you can't collect. If you don't invest, you can't collect. And that's not to say I give to you in order to receive.
1: It's understanding that that is a mutual exchange of value, right? Yeah, you you know, early early on and I think we learn this Ryan over time. Mm. And I'm I'm only sharing this just based on my observations of what I've seen personally happen to me. Yeah. Is early on in my career, mm-hmm. I would give with the expectation of getting something back immediately. The instant gratification, there's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Hey Ryan, I'm only gonna help you. Right? This might be mentally what's going on in my yeah. head, right? I mean, I outwardly say it, but I'm inwardly saying it. Mm-hmm. Hey Ryan, you know, I'd be more than happy to help you out in doing dot dot dot. Yep. And mentally, is going on is, hey, as long as that comes back okay. to me, lickety split, right? Yeah, yeah. But now, and and. It's really it's encompassing in my why. and i'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this and wrap this all in if if you'll allow me to, is because this ties into uncovering your authentic self, but it mm-hmm. also goes back to exactly what you were just saying about giving mm-hmm. is if you want to bring your authentic self to the forefront, then unpack what makes you tick. And mm-hmm. what I mean by what makes you tick, is we all have an operate an internal operating system. Just like computers have operating systems, we have internal operating systems. Mm-hmm. And when you unpack your authentic self it encompasses three things. It's uncovering why you do what you do, mm-hmm. how you do it, and what you, and what you ultimately bring to the forefront. And when I uncovered my internal why operating system, it was a light bulb moment. And then I said, Mm -hmm. now I understand why I do the things I do. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to the giving mentality is my why is I believe success happens when I contribute to a greater cause. Mm -hmm. I'm a contributor, always have been, always will be. That's the giving part of who I am. I'm giving back to the sales profession because it's a noble sales profession. How I go about doing this is I make things crystal clear and understandable. Mm -hmm. And what you can ultimately expect, Ryan, if you work with me, Mm -hmm. is I bring trusting relationships to the forefront where others can count on me. That's all a part of me giving back. And that's my authentic self. Yeah. I wanted to
0: pick up on the bit of your why, which is the last bit, which is this understanding that success leads to a greater cause. Because I think there are some examples where self-focused success is almost like a black hole. Almost all the energy and the resources go into serving a leader. So we should we say, like in terms of they benefit. And in I think in Adam Grant's book, where they become more of a taker. Uh their success is often at the um as a result of others expense rather than some form of collaborative and i love that you have a heart for helping others be successful and and i guess what what is that ripple effect of that greater cause
1: what do you then see as a byproduct of helping those people be successful they in turn repurpose and repurpose and repurpose how i've helped them yeah and I never, and and I'll share this because I'm personally going through. I'm I'm a pretty humble guy. I don't brag. I silently go about doing things. When people share the impact of selling from the heart, (laughs) I just I really haven't taken it all in because I didn't set out on this journey. When I wrote the book to say here I am, you know, four plus years later, and here's what's happened. Mm. I'm just a radically consistent guy. I'm highly disciplined. Mm. I understand what makes me tick. Mm -hmm. Had a life altering moment at 50 that allowed me to share with the world what made me tick in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. (laughs) And I'm having a blast doing it. Mm. But I'm bringing my why to life over the last eight years. And I'm just sharing with people how I raised myself. I had horrible managers. Mm-hmm. I was on dysfunctional sales teams. I never had a true leader. I invested more in myself than any manager ever invested in me. Mm-hmm. I invested more in myself than any company ever invested in me. And this is where I learned all of this stuff. Yeah. This is this is why, and I'm glad you brought up the more you invest, the more you collect. The more I invested in myself, yeah. the more I started to collect on myself. hmm The more I started to invest in my relationships, the more I collected on those relationships. The more I invested in my clients, the more I collected from my clients. Mm -hmm. The more I invested in my clients and the more they invested in me, the more we built deep, meaningful, heartfelt relationships. Mm -hmm. And I just do this day in and day out with consistency and massive discipline. I take action on it every single day. It's hard to understand some of this if you occasionally do it. You will never see the fruits of this if you occasionally do it. And it's why in Selling from the Heart, I write about most people are consistently inconsistent. Yes. If you want to have a giver's mentality, then people, you do it every single day. Mm -hmm. Not when you feel like it. Yep. Not when you know it's possibly going to lead to a sale or a different outcome, you do it every single day. And when you Mm -hmm. do it every single day, watch what starts to happen. You will actually see results from this. Mm -hmm. Things start to happen when you take radical discipline and you bring radical consistency to the forefront. Things just start happening. Yeah.
0: But things don't
1: happen unless you take massive action. Yeah
0: becomes akin to who you are and how you show up to the world. And and I I think, you know, you had one of my favorite human beings in the world, Jonathan Darling on your show, I think back Uh, in the last year. Okay. Well,
1: special shout out. That's how you and I met. Right. Jonathan Darling, you're a rock star because right afterwards, Jonathan introduced me to you and that, and that's how we connected. Yeah. I
0: I absolutely love that guy. And he's, he's going to be 40 tomorrow. So um... yeah, he
1: is. I saw the post.
0: And You know, one of the things that Jonathan and I have have talked about, and I'm sure you'll probably have a degree of this, is the accountability that comes with someone associated talking about heart. You know, heart-centered leadership, heart-centered selling. If you so far as go beyond showing a bit of heart in your home, (laughs) the accountability, like, for for example, myself and Jonathan have gone, oh, you call yourself a heart-centered leader because this doesn't look too heart-centered right now. And it's 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 iron sharpens iron, and 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 people sharpen people in terms of that accountability. But I guess the 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 channel I'd like to take this particular conversation is that so often salespeople and leaders in general they can become not just successful outside of the home, but they can become successful at the expense of the home. And I'd just love to know from your perspective, how can your principles of selling with the heart actually help benefit them as human beings wherever they
1: go, including in the home? So so he- here here's what's interesting about this. When you're when people are willing to go down this road, it will actually help them become bigger. Cause I so I I in selling from the heart, I write about sales chaos. Right. And what I mean by sales chaos is people act one way at home and they act a different way mm-hmm. in their professional lives or at work. Mm-hmm. And there's a massive, right? There's a massive disconnect yep. and it's a tug of war and it wears and it drains on people, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's workaholics out there mm-hmm. that are so professionally focused, they forget about their personal lives and it just rings chaos on their personal lives. Mm. But if you can bring alignment at the heart to the forefront, you bring a sense of peace. And I had to learn, I really had to learn this the hard way. I I really had to learn this the hard way. Mm. And I always say, you know, the, the journey to the hearts, the hardest thing anyone's going to do, but that journey to the heart started to uncover a little bit more peace for me. Yeah. In my relationships, my conversations. In fact, I remember this goes back. This was a couple years ago and it happened at Kiwanis. Mm-hmm. In a, and I remember somebody coming up to me and I can't remember who it was, but this person says, you're a completely different person now than when you were selling copy machines. Mm-hmm. Totally different because I was still in Kiwanis then. So a lot of them knew me. What's changed? It's the inward journey. It's the inward journey that I took. It's when I went to the heart, all of a sudden my relationship started to become better. My conversation started to become better. The way I connected started to become better. Mm. Mm. The way I connected to people personally and professionally started to change. Mm. And, and I think... If people are willing to do that, <clears throat> watch what starts to happen. And I started to associate with people of like minds and like hearts. That's why a lot of times in selling from the heart inside our insiders group, we said, hey, we're just a group of like-minded, like-hearted people. Amen to that. Mm, and it's yep. it's how you found Jonathan. It's how Jonathan, Wright introduced me to you mm. is- the heart has the power to change relationships both personally and professionally it's mm-hmm. just we do this personally but yet we don't do it professionally mm. it's like we have this i believe it's like a lot of people have this boundary mm. well, i can go to the heart part of this personally but i can't do it professionally yeah yeah and i'm i'm just here to say ryan if you can go there professionally Watch what starts to happen. It's just a human. It's another human having a conversation and connecting with another human. That's what's the interesting part of this is time. it changes conversations like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it simply requires time
0: because I think one of the biggest barriers to people connecting with the hearts of other people is the ability to sit and spend time to do that, to get curious, to be willing and and ask
1: those simple questions to get to know the human beings around you. However, I believe it doesn't have to take that long, right? It really doesn't. It really does not take that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, I'm a big believer. Everyone has a secret sauce, right? It's that internal secret sauce. It's something internally that you do that comes easy and natural to you. You don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it. It just requires going inward to figure it out. Well, my secret sauce is I can connect and relate to people really easy. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, this is where I believe you can get to the heart really fast, is connect and relate. The faster you can connect and the faster you can relate to somebody. And then here's the caveat to it. The more comfortable you can make somebody feel about you, the more comfortable they become. The yeah. more comfortable they become, the more they start opening up.
0: That's important because there'll be many men, in particular, that have lived lives where vulnerability has been conditioned out of them. It's yes. any dis- any display of vulnerability we- is is been associated with with weakness and I, and I interviewed a wonderful guy called dr gordon Newfeld, who wrote a book called hold on to your kids with gabor Marte. so it's from a parenting perspective but i think it rings true of everybody is that if we've been conditioned to believe that vulnerability is the enemy not only will i reject that within myself but if you start to show vulnerability i'll reject that in you too so even as if we come to the world with a degree of courage heart um Others might reject that, but in 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 doing so, I think people have to be steadfast because it's not you they're rejecting; it's the ability to be vulnerable that's they're rejecting.
1: Yeah, and so um, wow, there, there's a lot there. I mean, I had to learn how to bring this to the forefront. Yeah, I really had to learn how to bring vulnerability to the forefront. And the only, and, and again, this wasn't, this wasn't, this wasn't anything that I sought out. It's just that this was just who I was. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in the way I brought this to the forefront and how I connected and related or made people feel comfortable mm-hmm. is I was the one who was always going first. Right. I made it just, it was mandatory yes. that I went first. And, and, a, and it wasn't something where like I overstepped some massive boundary or anything like that. It's just something little simple about who I am, what makes me tick. And so yeah. forth. And it's it's so interesting, and I'm glad that you brought, you know, brought up vulnerability, is, especially in the sales world. People don't like going down that road, and I'm going to just going to throw words out, right? It's a big, braggadocious, bravado, macho sales world out there. And when people, especially of male persuasion, start using the word heart and vulnerability and all that, the darts start getting thrown at them and things like that. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you that we all have the capability of bringing heart to the forefront.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, as you were talking, I wrote two words down: trust and courage. And and what you've just described is courage. Is the if there's if there isn't some clear and obvious knowing that you are safe, then you doing it anyway is an act of courage because you're going forward despite the uncertainty. But I guess a big part of what you talk about <clears throat> to enable others to come to the heart is by creating that environment of trust. And I know you've got a formula for trust.
1: I do and it's all uh, we can look at trust in many different ways and to me trust and credibility is near and dear it's part of selling from the heart and uh, and before i get to the my whole thought process and formula around trust is this is where it starts it starts at your heart level because if you want to unpack what it means to sell from the heart You got to be willing to find out what's in your heart. Hmm. And and what's really interesting about this is we ask every guest on the selling from the heart podcast, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Yeah. And this goes back years and years and years ago. One of our guests said, well, it depends on what's in your heart. That was the light bulb moment for me is You cannot sell from the heart or understand what it means to sell from the heart if you haven't gone inward to uncover what's in your heart. And the reason why I'm saying this, it goes right Mm -hmm. back into trust, courage, and transparency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's four things. There's four components of building trust and combining it with selling from the heart. It's all around building authentic relationships. It's all about combining that with meaningful value. And then if you want to throw jet fuel around this and really just ignite these relationships based on authenticity and value, bring an inspirational experience to the forefront. Inspire and influence. And then become massively disciplined with it. And those are the four things. I, I, I just, um, I've always shared with people, I may not be the smartest person out there, but what I believe I do is give people permission to be themselves. If you choose to become a part of the Selling from the Heart community, if you choose to read Selling from the Heart, I'm inviting you in and giving you permission to go down that road to really unpack who you are. But in a world where trust is so low, in a world where credibility is so low, it's authentic relationships. It's who you know. It's combined with meaningful value. That's what you know. It's combined with how you show up. That's the inspirational experience part of this. You are 100% responsible for how you show up. Nobody else, you are. You're 100% responsible for how you show up. Mm. And then when you show up, that's the disciplined habits behind all of this. Mm. And without disciplined habits, without consistency, the whole trust formula, trust just erodes. You got to bring consistent, radical discipline habits to the forefront. Simple as that, but yet so difficult to really implement. Mm.
0: That's powerful on the i'm still thinking <laughs> that 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 thing around what's in your heart is still rattling around me i interviewed a wonderful guy called <clears throat> dr gary chapman who wrote the five love languages and uh-huh. many people on my podcast will have heard me say this many times but there's a there's a bit on the final page that haunts me it says for all the love that we do not receive as children will become adults that seek that in the world Oh, th- hey, repeat that again, please. For all the love we do not receive as children will become adults that seek that in the world. And I think many people use their work and their business as a method of receiving love rather than giving love. And, and and when you talk about what's in your heart, well, what came to me is is if they lack that love, then they will use their selling, shall we say, to fill themselves to receive love to receive validation success adornment whatever that might be and i think if we're truly to sell from the heart then it has to be an abundant overflow of love and and for me that that comes down to my faith knowing okay well where am i loved you know there's this eternal spirit of there's nothing i can do or say to make me more or less loved, if I allow myself to be fueled and filled by that kind of love, then my earthly expression can become a overflow and representation of that.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there. And and the first thing that, as I was listening to what you were saying, this is what was just, just rattling and screaming through my head right now (laughs) is it's hard to do all this if you don't love yourself, right? It's really hard to do this. And, and this is, boy, it is again, I'm going to go back to this inward journey. Yeah. Is the road travel to your heart is probably going to be the hardest thing anybody will do. Mm. I believe if you want to see, if you want to see success at whatever age you're at and continued you got to go inward you have to but what's, what's really interesting is i had to relearn all of this and the reason why i say this is i'm just going to share something vulnerable you know right now is i grew up in a household where my father didn't say he loved me mm my mom would say that she loved me. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm saying this is I went into a profession that my dad didn't accept. Right. And try going through your career, whole entire career in sales, trying to prove to your dad that you're worthy, but it's, it's an interesting road. So what, so what would happen was, and it goes back to exactly what you just said a few minutes mm. ago, Ryan is I poured myself into my clients and I poured myself into my relationships because what I got out of that mm. was what I wish I got when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I appreciate And it's you to your that.
1: point and it's to that comment you had just made.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, um, that's, that that is a path of danger. And luckily, for me, I realized it without having to lose everything first. but you know, very very, very similar, you know that not being told I come from a single parent family and that not knowing, i I, I not know I was loved. but we didn't use the words. So words of affirmation is is my love language, no surprise because of the absence of it. And um, you know I in the very early days of starting this community, people were loving Ryan Hartley. People were loving yeah. the help that he was providing. And so where did Ryan Hartley go when there were challenges in the marriage? Did he go and fix the things and become the man he needed to be in the home? Or did he go straight into the office and go to where he was loved and adorned? And fortunately, uh, I, I came to um, I came to learning uh, or, or or being able to do what's most important without having to have, have lost a lot but there'll be many people out there that unfortunately don't get to that
1: crossroads where there's uh, no return shall we say yeah and and i think um i think why heart and love and all that is so important especially in the business world today people are really seeking it yeah, And and the reason why I'm sharing this with you, this goes back to the how part of my why operating system, is I'm a big clarify guy. I like mm-hmm. making things clear mm-hmm. and understandable, but I, I'm highly inquisitive, a curious mm-hmm. mindset. And when I engage with somebody, I want to make it crystal clear, right. right? I'm a crystal clear kind of guy. But that's, and here's that's
0: still service. That's still service because you're serving their need for that.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. But here, here's the point I want to drive home with this clarity point of this is I love asking questions. Yeah. So why I know that people skills and relational skills are so important. Why? Why do I know that love, being sincere, being genuine, being authentic, and giving a rip matters right now? Is because mm-hmm. I ask people. Right. I'm always asking people now this, I'm, I'm going to share this through a sales centric lens for just a moment, because yeah, yeah. that's the world that I live in. But when I coach and train sales teams and sales leaders and all this, I'm asking them to go right back to their customers mm-hmm. and ask them questions such as, what do you look for in a salesperson? Right. When you think of a salesperson, what do you think of? And they'll start describing all these words. Now I ask them to ask their customers, when you think of the word sincere, genuine, authentic, loving, do you think of salespeople? Hmm. And then I say, be prepared for the word no, because you're not going to hear it. (laughs) But then here's my next thing I coach them to. What would happen if you worked with a salesperson Who is loving, who is caring, who is sincere, who is genuine, who is authentic and gave a rip? How would that make you feel? Mm. And then just listen to what comes out of their mouth next. That's where you're going to learn that all of this does matter. Yeah, It's what goes on in our head. We have a misalignment between what's in our head and what's in our heart. How we think and how we feel are not connected. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. And, and one of the things I've learned over the last few years is that when a man becomes connected with his heart, he, the wonderful characteristics of being honorable, noble, capable of doing what's difficult, going to war, you know, that is an act of service and sacrifice. And, yeah. and that's what happens when, a, when you equip a man with a, a connection to his heart, it becomes incredible. And, you know, on your re- on your podcast recently, you had a friend of the show, uh, John Gordon on. Yeah. And one of, one of John's concepts is this uh, idea of love tough and that yep. in loving people. Actually, you get to do the tough stuff, which is having honest and frank, difficult conversations. And I, <clears throat> I guess to, to kind of take that concept and particularly when going to war within your manifesto you talk about a war on mediocrity. So here we are talking about heart that has a manifesto to go to war with mediocrity.
1: What do you mean by the war on mediocrity? Um, What I really mean, in fact, not what I really mean, what it is, is there's a lot of mediocrity going on out there right now. A lot of me too, everyone's just doing the same thing, the same way. They don't want to use the expression upset the apple cart. Right? It's just, they just fall into this trap that this is the way it's been. This is the way it will be. This is the way we're going to continue to do things. Mm. And there's a lot of sea of sameness. Everybody just doing the same thing. And there's a lot of mediocre sales results because of it. Mm. And how I know this is just look at look at look at how many salespeople achieve quota year over year. It's abysmal, hmm. absolutely abysmal. They do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. So when I say wage a war, it's not re- it's not a war as you yeah. would see. It's a war. It, it's it's words and messaging to get you to really think 100%. that if you want to rise above mediocrity, if you want to rise above what I call empty suits then do something about it. Change yourself to change the outcomes. You can't change the outcomes if you're not willing to change yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to change yourself, watch what happens. I want to go back, if you'll allow me to, I want to go back mm-hmm. to John Gordon just for a second. Mm-hmm. Because when we asked John Gordon what it means to John to self from the heart, he gave mm-hmm. us three words. Mm-hmm. And you know what those three words are because you watched it. John went on to say it's love, serve, care. Mm. Now, here's here's how this just becomes even more powerful. You got to be willing to love on your clients. You got to be willing to serve your clients. You got to be willing to care about your clients. But here's how I'm going to flip this on its head. In order to do that, you got to love yourself. You got to serve yourself, and you got to care for yourself. If you cannot do that, you can't love, serve, care. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you flip that. Otherwise, it's just words, right? How yeah. many people are just delivering words? And and that's why I rem- I remember um, I sat down with my business coach. This was years ago to really unpack authenticity. Mm-hmm. And we got in this deep, deep, deep conversation around authenticity. And I and I and I shared with my coach, I said, I just need to bring this to the forefront that's simple, that it's easy for somebody to understand. I don't want a college-level doctoral thesis on authenticity because it would fly over my head. Mm-hmm. I want this to be easy for somebody to apply. Yep. And we got into this discussion about congruency. And this is what I'd like for everyone to take away from this is, am I leading a congruent lifestyle? Does my walk match my talk? As simple as that, yet it's so difficult to really put into play. And that's why the old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm. is. we can say, we're going to do a lot of things. And we can use these words that describe who we are. But are we putting any of that into play? I do know this. Nothing happens without taking action. In fact, nothing happens without taking massive action. You can't love, serve, care without taking massive action. But you got to be congruent with all of this. Because if you are not congruent with all of this, people smell it instantaneously. Mm. It like oozes from your skin and your pores. Mm. People can sense it. People can sense if you're leaning in and delivering a powerful message. They can sense your tonality and your conviction and your clarity and your conciseness. Conversely, they can just they can sense like that if you're just mm-hmm. delivering a message, "Hey, I love you, I care about you." I'm here to help you out. See where I'm going with this?
0: hundred percent, and I think this is akin to the the LinkedIn post that I think you interacted with the other day, which is about love, energy, and frequencies, and alignment, and more harmonious, coherent messages that that might go forth from the heart. But that's a whole heart math conversation that's <laughs> too too long for now. But I uh, I guess I'll bring it home by asking you: Are you looking forward to season three of Ted
1: Lasto? You know what? <laughs> I, you're you're gonna laugh at me. And you're gonna think I'm absolutely crazy, Ryan. I've never watched one episode. Come on now, no, dude, I'm serious. Well, I look
0: forward to season three coming out, and you get to binge all three seasons because I think, um, I think you would uh, very much enjoy the uh, the character of Ted. I'll have to. Uh,
1: I'm. I'll have to watch. I can't promise, but only because <laughs> I've never, i literally, I can't get into, I can't get into a conversation with anyone around because I've never seen an episode. Yeah.
0: You said earlier about the, um, the word permission, giving people permission and the root of the word permit in some ways would say to allow, but I prefer the idea of making possible that in some way, when you give someone permission, you are making something new possible and and for me that is the word heart print that's the word i use here always better than yesterday to describe the things that we help make possible for the people the ripple effect the legacy of our heart of our work of our interactions and i guess i'll love, love to ask you larry the question of what do you think your heart print will be
1: oh wow it, it's a it's a great question and and if i just I'll just sum it up by just saying, whenever selling from the heart just is not selling from the heart anymore. I, I, I would love to see my foot been breezed. Somebody that reaches out to me and says, you know something, I remember reading your book 10 years ago. And I read it at a point in my life where i needed to really find some substance and i really needed to find out who i was and when i read your book it allowed me to become who i am today and i just wanted to say thank you and i think that that's the that's the biggest thing here i am i'm 58 years old right now i still got right i still got some road ahead of me but if if i fast forward right if i just fast forward and you're getting me to future think just for a moment is, you know, here I am, uh, it's 2023 as we're recording this and we're having this conversation. But if I plug 20 years onto this, so now it's, oh my gosh, it's 2043. (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah, And Ryan and I are here, right? Ryan's still got long hair. I got, <laughs> I, I don't have any hair and we're having this same conversation. And you asked me to look back. Hmm. I want to be able to look back and say, I left a mark with people because they read selling from the heart and they implemented selling from the heart to help them become better. I want to be able to reflect back and say, that's the footprint I left in the sales profession. I brought selling from the heart to the forefront at a time where it was sorely needed, where trust was at all-time lows, where people really didn't understand what their authentic self meant. That's what I that's what that would be cool if I could leave if leave that footprint and then look back on it 20 years and see what happened. I love that. Thank you so much for your hard work.
0: And Selling from the Heart is is more than just the book. What else, uh, if people went
1: to sellingfromtheheart.net, what would they find? Uh, they would find access to, uh, obviously, the, the podcast. So you could find our podcast that my dear, dear, dear friend and co-host of the podcast does is we do weekly. You can find the Selling from the Heart podcast. You can find blogs. You can find resources. You can find resources for sales professionals. You can find resources for sales leaders. You can find my book on sellingfromtheheart.net as well. You can find all of our upcoming events at Selling from the Heart. Anything you want to know about what we're up to, go to sellingfromtheheart.net. Love it. Larry, I could
0: uh, speak to you all day, but uh, that would be unfair use of your time. So I just want to say thank you so much for for coming, for finally having this wonderful conversation. It was definitely uh, one that's fueled my heart. And I know that we touching many, many that listen around the world. So, Larry, one more time, thank you for all that you bring to the world. And we'll be honored if you'd leave us with a final
1: thought from your good self. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And this was I can't believe how, how fast time flew on this one, Ryan, but um, I'll I'll just leave everyone with this to, just to think about, and, you know, oftentimes I'm asked uh, by people when I go on podcasts, you know, what, if you can go back in time, what would you change? And this is what I would just leave everybody with something to think about is it's never too late to find a coach and a mentor. If I would have unpacked this in my 20s and 30s, I would be even more different than I am today. So, if I can leave anybody with something to think about, hiring a coach, finding a coach, finding a mentor, mentors step into your life at the right time, at the right moment, for the right reason. They can actually help you see and achieve things that you couldn't do on your own. I had to find this out later on in life. So if there's anything I can leave with anybody is if you have an issue, you have a challenge, you have something that you can't figure out. If you have something that's tugging on your heart and you can't resolve it yourself, it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. Whether that be a business coach, a life coach, a spiritual coach a heart coach asking for help is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength a coach and a mentor will propel you to new heights you just got to be willing to make that step
0: love it selling from the heart i've got my copy go get yours selling from the
1: larry i appreciate you, brother no same here super grateful for you ryan thanks
0: Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organization, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know One or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you.